Hello, welcome to the Hales Owen Apostolic Church. Apostolic meaning what God says, not what man thinks. Please enjoy this teaching, and if you want more, please visit the YouTube channel or the website on www.halesowenapostolicchurch.org. All right, I'm going to start this morning's uh, sermon. So first of all, I'm going to pray. Thank you, Father. Thank you for being with us, Lord. Thank you for this incredible, wonderful word. Thank you for the songs, Lord, that allows us to be able to worship you and glorify you, give you praise and thanks, Lord. And yet again, we still come to you, Lord. We know you're here, but we still ask you to be with me, Lord. And Father, fill me with your spirit, Lord, and let this word flow this morning to encourage, to reprove, to guide, to lead, to teach, Father. Isn't it amazing you do all those things and you, and you heal? And why, it's just, you're just an incredible God. Isn't it? Just remember that your word created everything and your word is what empowers us as well, Lord, but with your spirit to be those children that you want us to be. So be with us now, Father. Open our hearts and minds, I pray to you in Jesus' name. Amen. But this morning we're going to have a, a sermon and it's, it's, I've titled it A Time to Move. So I'm going to start with some scripture and we're going to go into the book of Ecclesiastes. Um, so that's uh, Ecclesiastes 3 and I'm going to read from uh, verse 1 to 11. So we are talking about time this morning um, and time to move. And I've titled it because when you see, like, you know, that some of the things have even been said so far this morning, um, and even in the notices, it was talking about the restrictions of movement. Okay, Ecclesiastes 3, um, starting at verse 1. To everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. That's, now, that's an amazing statement to start with. To everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. So we know that whatever's going on, there's a season that we have to go through, whatever's going on. And yet there's a time for every purpose under heaven. So everything here, no matter what it is, God uses it for his purpose. A time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, and a time to pluck up what is planted, a time to kill, and a time to heal, a time to break down, and a time to build up, a time to weep, and a time to laugh, a time to mourn, and a time to dance, a time to cast away stones, and a time to gather stones, a time to embrace, and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to gain, a time to lose, a time to keep, and a time to throw away, a time to tear, and a time to sow, a time to keep silence and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time of war and a time of peace. But we have a God-given task. What profit has the worker from that in which he labors? The preacher says this, I have seen the God-given task with which the sons of men are to be occupied. He has made everything beautiful in its time. 
also he has put eternity in their hearts except that no one can find out the work that god does from beginning to end amazing isn't it amazing isn't the bible just absolutely magnificent you know no matter where we are no matter what is happening no matter what everything goes on no matter where we are in wars rumors of wars peace sunbathing family birth death sickness whatever it may be there's a time for everything you know and and, and, we, and we, don't, we don't like some of the things but that's the world man was born into sin and this is what this is what we've created everything that you look around us man has created you know all the earthly things they've created so it's so important that god has to work with what man is doing to try to get to people to follow him and believe in him so it's so important but you know and, and that all this all this is, is, is teaching us like you know that you know we go through these seasons and we just have to go through them but be with the god he gives us the strength and then then gives us the teaching the the knowledge and the understanding that we have to go through some of these things to learn it'd be great if we'd all just study and study and study and learn what it is and and, and do everything what he says but you know sometimes we do need a little bit of a little bit of pressure you know <laughs> you think about the pressures in the bible like you know look at i always think of job you know uh, you know um not job jonah i always think of jonah and he, he he you know god sent him to this heathen place to go and preach the gospel to preach his word and guess what he does he goes the opposite way and tries to hide from god well god put him on a little bit of pressure didn't they they threw him overboard and al although the story sounds crazy he was swallowed by a whale let's be fair whatever it is whatever it is jonah thought well, oh my i don't like this you know, she said, I'll tell you what, I'll do what you asked me to do. You know, and of course, he went and did it. But everything, to everything, there's a season and a time for every purpose under heaven. So, no matter what is happening, no, we are all going through a season. And God has a purpose for what is going on. Although we cannot see it. And sometimes I am I am sorry to say, but I, I know just exactly what it is. We don't like it. I never like being blackmailed. I never like people stealing from me. I never like people lying to me. I never like failing. I never so many things. And yet they are seasons. Then all of a sudden we look back and we, we can see what we went through and we can see how we responded. We can see whether, whether we were in faith or whether we were out of faith. We can see how all the things that are going wrong around us affect us. We can see how we reacted to things. It shows us where we are in our faith with our Lord. So no matter what is happening, we are all going to go through these seasons. But you know, God has a purpose for everything we go through. He can use it. He can use it to teach us if we're prepared to listen. Huh. Look at the last 12 months. Dear me, hasn't life changed? And it hasn't finished yet. No matter, no matter what man tells us, 
we really do not know what is going to happen next. You listen to the discussions about COVID and everyone's got their opinion and, you know, and I've got an opinion, but I've learned to keep my mouth shut. Why? Because it's pointless. We don't know. You know, and even now, you know, that it, it's quite incredible. So many people saying so many things. It's actually quite confusing if you listen to everything. <laughs> we, don't, we don't know what's going to happen next, let alone next week or next month or next year. But we can make sure we know what is going to happen to us when, a, when our life finishes or Jesus Christ comes back for the second time. Hallelujah. That's where we're going. That's our aim. That's our vision. That's our big season of life. Yet, today, hope is in the air. We can see it. The optimists are telling us spring could be the right, you know, the, 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 the light, sorry, at the end of the dark tunnel. Restrictions could be lifted, probably slowly. Listen to the words, it's, it's, it's incredible. No facts here, it's all a hope, but we will all have to wait and see what is gonna happen, what's going to happen at any time, in any point in the future. Okay, but we have, a, we, have a, we have a different set of people in the world as well, where they will say hope isn't in the air. The pessimists are telling us this could get worse and it will get worse in the short term anyhow. And, you know, and, and, and let's be fair, it might never go away. Well, hallelujah. Hallelujah. And, and you know, in, in that book, I didn't know, but that word, uh, that word, uh, the care prayer diary thing that Kevin rang out this morning in talking about the restrictions, you know, and it's hard. Look at the look at the movement of people over the last year. It's been severely curtailed. And we don't know. We don't know how this is affecting people. We don't know, know how, you know, we can see some, you know, how many people now are, are, are depressed and disturbed and confused and frightened and disillusioned with, 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 with life, you know, and even some, as we know that there's, the suicides have gone up. So people are suicidal. You know, we, we've got to get this gospel to these people. And what about the lonely? The people that were lonely anyhow. Can they be even more lonely? Is that possible? So there's all these people that are suffering, not just having COVID, not the deaths and all that, but people are suffering, worried about not having a job for the future. What are they going to do? And isn't it amazing how, how, how you know, more and more people are making ends meet? And so we've got to pray that those who who deserve, you know, who deserve and cannot look after themselves at this time, you know, that they are looked after. That's a prayer. Well, what about the sick? What about some of these people who are sick becoming becoming worse because the hospitals are not seeing them, operating on them, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And we know the whole NHS system looks overwhelmed because of the movement away from the old normal. Time has changed the normal. Look at us, 
were gridlocked in so many areas. How are people, how are people going to move out from where they are? People, that, people don't know. People are anxious and worried of, of what's going to happen and whether they're going to have a job and what's going to happen to the children's education and on it goes on and on. What a time this is. What about the debt of the country? You know, oh, you know, people are getting greater into debt. I, I read yesterday that the nation is, you know, is borrowing more. This is not, not, I mean, people are borrowing more than they have done for many, many years. Yet our whole country's in debt. It's the biggest debt in history. And no, listen to this then. What cost will this be to our children and grandchildren? and their grandchildren, etc., etc., etc. Do you know, I checked yesterday on the nation's debt counter, and we are £2.1 trillion in debt at this moment in time, and it will go up. That is a 2.1 with 11 zeros after it. 2.1 and 11 zeros out of it. It's just... It's just mind-boggling. It's not just something we would never even think of. Uh, but I've, I've got a little story for you. Listen to this fantasy. Um, the politicians started uh, talking about a magic money tree in the last election, you know. And this story is about um, the world has found a new magic money tree and money just appears. Imagine that if it did just appear and we could earn a pound every second that'd be great wouldn't it wouldn't that be marvelous this magic money tree would give us a pound every second we could do a bit of work for it so you would earn a million pounds within two weeks doesn't that sound incredible and yet we're talking about billions billions of being in debt you would have to wait 32 years to clock up a billion work for 32, billion, 32 years to clock up a billion. <laughs> Just a bit of fact for you. The average Brit, let's call him Pete. I like Pete because you know you know what my, my term is. He earns £16.50 per week and he works 39 hours a week. It would take uh, a year, uh, a week. An hour, and he works 39 hours a week. It would take him 60 million hours of work to clock up one billion. Kevin, you'd have to work nearly 7,000 years <laughs> to get there. Jeff Bezos, the Amazon owner, takes 35 seconds to earn Pete's yearly salary of 33,500. 35 seconds. And Zuckerberg, the Facebook founder, he has to work a longer time than that, one and a half minutes, to earn 33,500. We've got to trust God to everything that is a season and a time for every purpose under heaven. How are we going to get this country out of their debt? What does it mean for our children and their children and for the country as a whole. 
So we can thank God he called us out of this darkness. We can see why the world is where it is and why is it in such a mess. It is so far removed from the Garden of Eden that God created at the beginning. And because of mankind, God has seen man's ways of greed, power, selfishness, and, and, and lawlessness, and, and whatever it is. Look what he's doing these days. He's messing around with nature. He's created such chaos on our planet, in our minds, in our bodies. Then we become far removed. It's become far removed from the perfect creation that he first made for all of us. And, and, that's, and that's us as well. We're far removed from the perfect creation when he created Adam from the dust. And he take woman out of his side. And, and when, when the sixth day was finished and he looked and he looked at his greatest creator, every time he created something, it was good. That's what he said. But when he created man in his own image, he said, and it was very good. We have changed it. Man has changed it from the perfect to the imperfect. That's why we have so many problems today. We need to move closer to God. We need to move further away from the world. We need to make more effort into renewing our minds, to seek the heavenly things and less towards the earthly things. Yeah, we know what we need, but don't forget, they all wear out. They rot and decay. And of course, we know in this church that all these earthly things will be destroyed, burnt up when God sends fire upon the earth to cleanse the earth of its filth, its desecration from the darkness that man has made it into. From the beginning, you know, man has always been on the move, always on the move. Time's, ne time never stopped. Everything was changing. And when Eve was taken from man and became his helpmate, man became dissatisfied with what he had. A paradise of God was not enough. And when the temptation came and Satan convinced um, Eve that God would not kill them if she ate from the tree in the middle of the garden, the apple, and don't forget, you know, these are only, this is, these are only pictures, the serpent and the apple and the tree are only pictures for us to get some natural grasp on what was going on. And it looked good, this apple, this, this, but it's not that was, it, it was the promise. It was the promise of knowing what God knows about good and evil. That, that looked good. That, that would make them as wise as God. And that's the temptation to move away from what God asked to do, what, what man thinks is better. And that one act of disobedience created a man that has dissatisfaction, is dissatisfied with nearly everything. Never be content until they will find God. Disobedience to God creates this downward slope for all mankind. And yet man in his darkness can, cannot see the light. He cannot see the errors of not believing. Why? It's so simple. Man, man, that's mankind. That's not just, don't forget, this is man and woman. That, that, when we use this man, it's, it's for everything. He always thinks he's right. Do you know that? All of us think we're right. Spirit of pride tells him not to listen. He does not yet understand that he was born into sin because of this. Every single person, when they are born, 
They are born into that sin nature and they will stay with that nature until we Christians tell them and show them and persuade them and witness to them that this Jesus is real as everything else you can see or touch upon the earth. And what's more amazing, he made it all. So since the fall of mankind, so it has been every single year since the, since, 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 uh, the, Lord, um, the Lord came and made everything. It's changed. Man's been on the move all the time. But you know, this fall of mankind, it, uh, it's here today. And we know why the scripture is very clear. 1 John 5, 19 to 21 tells us this, verse 19. We know that we are of God. And the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. And we know that the Son of God is coming, has given us an understanding that we may know him who is true, and that we are in him who is true, in his Son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. Little children, keep yourselves from idols. Amen. There it is, you know, and, and we've got to understand this. It's, you know, people always think, you know, when it calls the wicked one and the devil and the Satan and everything, that every single person is evil. It's not even that. I always have to tell people, it's just the unbelief keeps people away from God. 2 Corinthians 4, 2 to 5. But even if our gospel is veiled, even if it's dark, it can't see through, it is veiled to those who are perishing, whose minds the God, the little God, so that's the devil of this age is blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who's the image of God, should shine on them. We, we, ah, it's beautiful. We have this amazing privilege and we'll receive the amazing reward of God's treasures when we work hard in the ministry and begin to renew people from the darkness of, the, of, of unbelief and bring them into his marvelous light. That's the job, the marvelous transformation um, it is. And, you know, and that's what God begins to work up upon them then and brings them out of that darkness into the light of the gospel, into the knowledge of what's real and what's not real. And, you know, and, 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 and how we were creating all the things that, that the Bible has, has given us, this faith to believe in what we believe today. It's that knowledge of who God is, who Jesus is, and where we are going, and, and, what, and what's in store for us, and, 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 and the goodness that God wants to give, and the love that he wants to give all, that would just seek him and find him. You know, mankind's always on the move. You can see it always, you know, from the beginning, he was moved out of the Garden of Eden and, 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 and put into the world to fend for himself. That's what he did. That was the curse. So, you know, from, from, from God supplying everything, you know, in, in that place that he wanted for, for, for man. Now we're thrown into the world. Go on then, off you go. Fend for yourself now. Go and grow your own food. Go and do what you've got to do. And God watched man, didn't he, from that beginning, become more and more evil. And God looked at how the majority of mankind had become evil. And, you know, he even repented. He, he was even felt, you know, that, that, that he'd done wrong and he was upset and angry and all those of making man. And look for someone 
and he found a man called Noah, a righteous man who believed in God. And he, he, he told him, he told Noah he's going to flood the world. He's going to flood the world to wash it clean, to get rid of the sin of mankind, the filthy that, that he'd done. And, you know, and, and, he, and he told him, he said, right, I'm going to cleanse it. And he said, and he said, go and tell the people, I want you to build this, 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 this ark, and go and tell the people, you know, and I can't remember how long he preached for, I think it was hundreds of years. 120 years he preached to the, preached to everyone. 120 years, that means he was building the ark, you know, and, 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 and he preached to everyone, telling them, you know, God's gonna flood the earth. And of course, they all thought he was crazy. And especially when he when he built his ark up in the up in a mountain, you know what's wrong with this chap? You know it's it's all dry around us. We haven't got that many rivers. So yes, there's man. Wouldn't listen though to the word. Wouldn't listen to the word. Not one listen, and they all perished. And there's only Noah and his family. You know, and even even a few weeks ago we heard about how people mock the story of Noah and you know and, and when I hear anything like that I have to go and search I have to go and search and I'm ever so sorry this is one of the things that I will go and search on the net um, and you know and I found out two two arcs that people have built into the same um, dimensions uh, that are in the Bible uh, there is one uh, the ark encounter in Kentucky and then there's another one, Ark, in Dordrecht, Holland. Amazing. Honestly, go and have a look at it. Um, they even give statistics. 15,000 animals could go in here. Eight floors and you know, oh, it's just incredible. One floor was taller than the rest, you know, for, 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 for the giraffe, you know. And, but anyway, it, it, it's quite fascinating if you, if, if you go and look at it. And, and you know, and, but don't forget, we now now we know that god's supernatural we know he's a spirit and he can do anything you know we're not even thinking about the supernatural that god have, could have done uh, with the ark and the animals so i'll leave that one with you but go and have a look it'll blow you blow your minds of just our natural thinking of an ark okay and just follow the stories of the old testament all the way through about man moving from place to place, Abraham, how they, everyone moved, you know, everyone was moving and took extra lands and then, and the amount of amazing, uh, you know, and of course it goes on and on and on. And man has been moving all the time until, until he's, he's traveled to up to the tops of the mountains, the bottom of the oceans, to in the middle of the jungle, to, to every tribe upon this earth. They, 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 they're saying now there is nowhere that man hasn't gone and found now. Even these lost tribes and all these, these people. So it's coming. The end is coming because God said the gospel will get out to all the ends of the earth and, you know, and every person will, will hear this gospel. So it's coming. But don't forget, in the beginning, he made the heaven and the earth and how glorious it is. It shows the glory of God, the power, the incredible, incredible design element of our God, how he got all this in his, in his, his mind, nothing like our mind, had the blueprint for every single little thing. His power, his love, though, to create such an incredible environment for us all to live in. 
this world and, it, and its greatest creation. Do you know that's us? That's us. We are his greatest creation because we were, we were made in his, in his own image. And just look at us. Go and, go and search the science. It's incredible. It then shows us an amazing, incredible, intelligent designer that created all, all that we can see, feel, and touch. A man thinks he's clever by doing medicine, computers, ships, and things like that. Just look at the world and see if anything that man could make like this. But we're, we're, we're blessed today. God is not finished with his plan. He wants all men to be saved. He wants every single person to escape from the prison and captivity they are in. He wants us to all have some boldness and compassion, love for his fellow man. So they all, when Jesus comes back, will move into the spiritual heavenly places that God has prepared for all those who believe and follow. And we do know where we're going. And we do know what's expected expected um expected from us it is so important that we we use this knowledge and keep it in our in our in our minds why because he's given us his word he, he, he gave us his word so that there's no misinterpretation so we don't have to have to try and think too much about what's going to go on this in the word he's given us the direction he's given us teaching the action how to respond to every situation in this world he moved us he moved us from being this this totally flesh person introverted just looking at ourselves under the sway of the devil in captivity not knowing god and yet one day somehow god used something someone to shine the light of this gospel into our lives and we believed and then he began to change our minds and we know transforming our minds filling us with his spirit empowering us to resist the devil and to do what god has asked us to do what an amazing god so human history is a story of change and he has changed hasn't he he's god's changed it through nature all the violent storms, the tsunamis, the earthquakes, and everything else, the problems, you know, with, with, with viruses in our crops, diseases in our crops, in, in animals, of course, and of course, you know, um, and, and of course, we've done it as well. Man's interference in nature has also provided many problems, and not only in nature, in, in, in crops and trees and, and animals, but even in our human beings, you know, the chemicals that that man pumps into human beings now has got to change the, the very essence of our makeup. And don't forget, this COVID has only been one of the multitudes of things that man has created. And we have mankind as a whole, haven't we? You know, man, um, you know, has, 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 has moved everywhere through wars, through division, through power, through greed, through their own desires of to, to, to control. And of course, the biggest thing we have is the lack of control in human beings. We all know though, out of our mouth, we can create the biggest problems for ourselves. It's why 
Our Lord in his infinite wisdom gave mankind a plan, a way out of that sinful human nature that we were born with and wanted everyone to have the opportunity of being born again, to know him, to know what he wants for us, for everyone. Oh, if only Christians would see the vision that God has for his church, his people, for the whole world, if they would listen. What a wonderful world it would be. No more starvation, the poor being helped, the sick being tended to, everyone sharing, everyone having a home with enough clothes, enough education to give them and, and working together to give comfort and love and joy and, and help to every single person. And then to live as God intended man to live from the beginning. But we Christians have to live a life that is a changed life, a changing life where we do put God first and his righteousness. And he adds to us, he adds to us all those things that we need. He adds to us. That's when we, that's when we get that incredible, incredible grace on everything we do. And something we don't deserve even gives us favor where we don't deserve it. That's the beauty of God. He does what he wants to do and he does more than we can think or imagine. That's the place we can be. My end of life. My prayer is continually for God to change me. My heart, my mind, and my speech. And help him for my mind to be focused on trying to help the lost and to teach his church. I want to use whatever God has given me and the end of my life now to help people change to get them out of their prisons, their own way of thinking, to have the mind of Christ, to do the work of the ministry. So we all, at least in this church, will not worry and will have that blessing, blessed assurance that we are on that narrow path. And we will, we will be taken into the clouds when Jesus Christ comes back for the second time to take his bride, which we will be part of, off this earth. And my second prayer is this, is that whoever comes into this church would work with me, take from me all what God has taught me and given me, and then work with each other so they will not fail. And by their actions, what they do, if they continue, they will be in what the church calls the rapture. And we all shall see each other in the, in the millennium, in the new Jerusalem, in the new earth, in the heaven that God wants to create here upon this earth. A prayer. Let's work together. A time to move. In Jesus' name. Help us, I pray, Father, and I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.